The greatest calamity ever to befall ancient Israel was the conquest of Jerusalem and the destruction of the Temple of Solomon in the year 587 BC, after which most of the population was taken captive to Babylon. But that catastrophe was reversed after only 75 years. And today's first lesson describes the joyful return of Israel from their exile in Babylon. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. A voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. These words in the book of the prophet Isaiah were written several hundred years before the birth of the Lord Jesus. But in St. Mark's Gospel, these same words of consolation announced the arrival in Israel both of the Messiah and of his messenger, who was the last prophet of the Old Covenant and the first preacher of the New Covenant, the brilliant, compelling, and enigmatic John the Baptist. St. Mark tells us that John, the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth, appeared in the desert proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And such forgiveness is the only way for the entire human race to be liberated from our own age-old Babylonian captivity, which is the cruelest servitude of all, slavery to our own sins. But from the beginning of his mission, John the Forerunner knew that his baptism was merely a preparation for a new and greater baptism to come, a baptism from his divine cousin, a baptism not merely of water, but also of the Holy Spirit. In other words, a baptism of fire. This fire, of course, is the divine love which cleanses us of our sins and calls us into fellowship with the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the same fire that burned before Moses on Mount Sinai without consuming the bush. This is the fire that guided the children of Israel through the Red Sea as they escaped from slavery in Egypt. This is the fire that in holy baptism and confirmation dispels the darkness of sin and fills our minds with the light of understanding so that we may know the truth of the word of God. This is the fire by which we live the life of grace through repentance of our sins and saving faith that Jesus Christ is Lord. This fire is none other than the love which transforms the children of Adam into the children of God by the grace of adoption. But it is also the fire which will cleanse and transform the entire cosmos at the end of days and bring about a new creation which we cannot yet imagine. Hear the Apostle Peter. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, 
And then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be dissolved by fire, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Then Peter continues, Since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be, conducting yourselves in holiness and devotion, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God? because of which the heavens will be dissolved in flames and the elements melted by fire. Our science now understands what Holy Scripture has taught for thousands of years. This universe is not eternal. Our unimaginably vast and ancient universe, with its hundreds of billions of galaxies and trillions of stars, had a beginning, and it will have an end. And whether that end comes tomorrow or uncounted eons from now, the end is certain. But the inevitable destruction of this present cosmos is not the end of God's creation. It is, rather, the beginning of a new creation. Listen again to St. Peter. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some regard delay, but he is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so Peter concludes that, according to the Lord's promise, we await new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, Since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot or blemish before him at peace. To be without spot or blemish is literally to be immaculate. And on December the 8th, we celebrated that gift given in the womb to Immaculate Mary, who being full of grace and therefore empty of sin, surrendered her entire life in the obedience of faith to the word of God, and so lived in freedom without spot or blemish all her days. For the sake of Mary's son and by God's grace, Mary was preserved from the stain of sin from the moment of her conception in the womb of her mother Anne, while we are washed clean of our sins in the womb of the church, the font of baptism, by the one who is both the son of Mary and God the Son, or a forgiveness he offers us in the sacrament of new birth, as foretold by John. But even after baptism, we regularly fail in our struggle against the mystery of lawlessness, and we fall back into sin. And that is why going to confession is essential to a life of holiness and authentic discipleship. Every time we receive the sacrament of penance, the grace of our baptism is made new, and we are again washed clean by the precious blood of Jesus Christ to live in peace with God, with others, and with our own true selves. Recall that John the Baptist first met the Messiah, not on Jordan's bank, but in the womb of his mother Elizabeth, when her cousin Mary came to visit bearing the word made flesh in her womb. The infant John leapt for joy at the presence of his Savior, 
And Elizabeth cried out to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. In these Advent days of waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, the Immaculate Mother of God shows us how to live as faithful disciples of her Son. Mary said to the angel of the Lord, Let it be done unto me according to your word. And to us, she says of her divine Son, Do whatever he tells you. And that is the pattern of all Christian discipleship. Mary's obedience untied the knot of Eve's disobedience and so prepared the way for the eternal word of God to become the incarnate word of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Friends, our faith in the Lord Jesus and our obedience to his holy gospel are the means by which we fulfill the precept given to us on this second Sunday of Advent in keeping with the cry of the prophet Isaiah and the proclamation of John the Baptist. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus.